All right, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to episode five of the Promptly Written Podcast. My name is Matt Chigarek, and I'm joined, as always, by Ian Lewis. What's up, Ian? Hey, man, how you doing? Good, good. So, if you're just joining us for the first time, I'm going to give you the Cliff Notes version of what we do here. Uh, every month, we pick a writing prompt. We each write a story based on that prompt, and then we read them to you and talk about them. Is that about sum it up? That's about it. Yeah. Easy, right? But before we get to that, we always take a little time at the beginning of every show to talk about whatever's currently on our minds. Uh, most of the time, it's writing or reading related, but I think I've been known at least to wander off the beaten path every now and then. Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so today, I think that everything does actually fall under the spectrum of writing, so I say we just uh, get right to it. The first thing that I wanted to talk about is just a little bit of follow-up from the last episode. We were talking about Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, that book that we used to read in middle school, right? Mm-hmm. I was digging around on Amazon, and you can get all three books for 11 bucks. Sold. Right. So I was thinking, like, I might pick it up. I don't know if you want to pick it up, but, like, maybe we could just read a couple of the stories and talk about it and see if it still holds up. At the very least, I'm thinking that it should bring, like, a little nostalgia, you know? I just don't know if the stories are going to be any good. Yeah, it's it's one of those it's one of those things. I we were talking pre-show about. I was watching with my kids the uh, the cartoons from the '80s, like the Transformers and GI Joe and that kind of thing. And nice. In, in a sense, it still holds up, you know, that because there's that nostalgia there, and you, you remember the the theme song and in some of the animation and that kind of thing. But in other respects, it it it, it doesn't. You know, it's it's somewhat ridiculous. <laughs> In a lot of cases. And, and so I would think that these stories are probably, there's that nostalgia that still rings true, but some of it might be like, wow, this this wasn't ever scary kind of a thing. Right. But then again, you know, like scary to a, an eight or nine year old, like well, way, the, yeah, way right. different, you know? So like, right. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to check it out. At the very least, it, it, I mean, I'm almost going to guarantee that it's still entertaining. Oh, I'm sure. Like, it's still going to be entertaining. It just might not have, like, the uh, the same effect as it did. So um, another interesting thing I found was while I was looking for this kind of stuff, there's actually a podcast called Scary Stories Told in the Dark. And it looks to be, like, in the similar vein. Like, their artwork is in the same, like, style as the as the books. And, you know, like, the art was one of the <laughs> fucking coolest things about the books, right? Yeah. So I don't know. It's they've been going like three seasons now. I'm gonna check it out. I just found it today, so I didn't get the chance to listen to it. So if anybody listens to it, doesn't like it, not my fault. Like didn't listen to it, but I'm gonna check it out and I'll tell you next time whether I liked it or not. Yeah, I'll be interested to hear. Yeah, it's um, you know, it should be fun. You know, I'm a podcast junkie, so it's always hard to add another one to the things. But these ones with the seasons, you can kind of barrel through them real quick and then just kind of wait. So. Cool. Yeah, I'll let you know next time. So, we are in 2019. Like, it is January of 2019. Brand new year, right? Yeah. So, I thought that maybe we could talk about writing resolutions. I don't know if you gave any thought to this or whatever, but I've been thinking about this for a while because my writing is rather sporadic. Like, I'm either, like, writing all the time or I'm not writing at all. So, I, I came up with, like, a couple of goals, and I just kind of go through them real quick with you and see uh, if you think they're realistic. And there's one where I actually want to get your, uh, your opinion and see what we can do. Cool? All right. All right. So the first one is, like, I really want to be writing work 
next year that I could submit for publication in like journals, like liter- like literary journals, stuff like that. You right. know, um, I've been writing a lot of short stories. All those pretentious rags. Well, right? it, well, and that's the thing. Like, there's there's pretentious <laughs> rags, but like I don't know. I could go to Squarespace right now, like say Matt Matt's freaking journal.com and then <laughs> right. and then take submissions and publish a journal and be like hey you know i'm a journal so it's it, there's a big world of like the stuff out there there's a website submittable that that seems to seems what most people go through to like you know get their submissions that's interesting because when I, when I was going down that that route i don't i don't even know if any of that existed i, I have not looked to submit to something like that for probably close to a decade. Wow. Yeah. I don't know if you're interested, but check it out. It's just like submittable.com. And it's just like, you can go through and look at what people are looking for, you know, and then they give you all the requirements. There's a lot of short story ones. There's a lot of like flash fiction ones. Like, like we want a story in a hundred words. And it's just like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That's crazy. And that might be something interesting that we could talk about too in the future that I think that's probably a hell of a lot harder than it sounds. Oh yeah. So I would like to do four, I would like to have four stories by the end of next year that I've been submitting for publication. So that's one a quarter. What do you think? I mean, that's a pretty good goal. Yeah. I, you know, I was thinking, like, we do the short stories once a month for this. It's, it's doable. Yeah, it's, it's just like, I'm, I hope it's doable. Like, I think this is just going to make me, like, really need to buckle down and, like, just, I think maybe I just need a time every day where I sit down and it's, like, writing time. Even if I don't know what I'm writing, I'm just going to, like, just start writing words down and see if anything comes out of it. I think it's reasonable. You know, we do this, but I don't want to submit anything that I write for this because most of the publications want, like, first press and we want to publish these at sure. the end of the year, and I don't right. want to do anything to mess that up. So I think that the stories we, that, that I'm writing for this, they just stay for this. And so I'll need to do one story a quarter outside of the podcast, which I think is completely doable. Yeah, I agree. Cool. So uh, kind of along the same lines, one thing that I really would like to do is read more. Um, I do I do reading for school, but it like it's all like analytical. Like I always have to like talk about it and like really break it down. And I like I want to read more for for fun, you know. Yeah, for enjoyment. The thing is, is because, like, sometimes, like, my workload for school is reading, like, a couple of hundred pages a week, it's hard to find time to read other stuff for fun. So what I'm trying to do is figure out, like, what a realistic goal is for, like, the number of books that I could read next year. Like, I think I could probably, I was thinking one a month, but then I was thinking that might be a little too ambitious. I mean, given your school load, I think it is. I mean, that's just just my initial, I guess, gut feel about it. But a lot of times, at least with me, reading time will cannibalize your writing time and vice versa. So, you know, in some cases, one of them's got to give. Right. Well, and then, like, there's another thing. Like, I, I started, like, very vaguely plotting out, like, a novel. Like, something like my first, like, kind of, like, long form thing. Mm-hmm. But like, I want to kind of read a little more fantasy, get a little more world building, because that's a genre that I'm not too familiar with. Like most of the stuff like that I've written is just kind of like in the real world. Like I'm not really creating a world, you know what I mean? Right. So I kind of want to get into that. So like I might start looking for like some like fantasy science fiction stuff that isn't too like over the top. Like I don't want like wizards. You know, I'm thinking more like alternate reality or just like sure. maybe um, like alternate history 
type things. Just, you know, mm-hmm. like one little change where it still feels real, but not. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I'm on board with that. So, if like you, you told me about a series that I'm going to look into. But if if there's anybody out there that has good recommendations for like, like fantasy science fiction that isn't all about like you know wizards and dragons and shit, like right. hit me up because I want to know. Somebody I forget who told me like somebody told me that um, they were into the series and it's like 12 books long or some shit like that and like the first one was like 99 cents so I like downloaded a I don't even think I bought it I think I just downloaded the sample on my Kindle mm-hmm. and I'm just reading it and I was just like there's no way I could freaking read this like right I like I don't like that, that's been my problem with fantasy is it's it, it's I it's not my genre at all but people have recommended you know I won't name the name because I don't you know I won't tra- trash the author so to speak but a, a very well regarded at least in a lot of cases I think he's been self-published but you know otherwise very well regarded fantasy author and I just He's not a he's not a bad writer, but he's certainly not writing anything that's pulling me in. And I just you know in the first page I have a thousand questions already, and it's like yeah, and like sometimes that's good. You just throw like, a bunch of terminology at me, but like it's like you're so in love with your world building that you just have to throw all your terminology at me without defining it, and like you've described nothing, and I don't know where I'm at. You know, right? I think like those kind of like info dump things really aren't helpful because it just overwhelms you. Whereas, right. like, you can just work that in. But some people eat that up. I think fantasy readers love it, and it's, it's, not, my, it's not my bag. See, and, like, if, if, I'm, if I find that it's a lot of that, like, I'm really going to struggle with it. Well, that, so that's why the book that I recommended to you, um, the Books of Babel series, um, it, it's sort of in the fantasy vein, but not there's not, like, the magic and that kind of thing. At least so far there isn't. But it, it's very well written. It doesn't introduce new concepts without defining them and describing them and that kind of thing. Got it. Well, yeah, I'm definitely going to check it out. Probably, um, probably as soon as we're done here, I'm going to go check it out, see what the, uh, the good old Kindle price is. But yeah, that's, that's, you know, I thought that this was going to be like a bigger thing for me, but those are the, really the two things that I really want to do. And I think like, keeping it simple, I want to write more and I want to read more. And it's just like, um, I think more of it is just like time management like trying to figure out where this fits in where I can like do it every day. Right. Cause I mean, realistically, if I'm looking to read like, let's say six books next year, if I just read like a chapter or two a night, like I could probably make that happen depending on the book. Yeah. Sometimes you got to squeeze in, like you got to get creative. You squeeze in your reading time, you know, uh, like when you're eating breakfast or something or, you know, in my case when the kids are watching something on TV or something, um, and you can just, Squeeze in a couple pages here and there. See, when I'm eating breakfast, I'm looking at Instagram. Like, where's my where's my where's my Instagram time going to go? You you, <laughs> you 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 prove my point. You ha- you have to make you have to make time. You have to, you have to get creative about it. But I, I'm actually the opposite. So I'm, you know, I, I'm more scattered with my reading than I am with my writing. Um, I'm pretty disciplined about the writing part, but I, I go in spurts where I haven't read anything for a while. Yeah, yeah, I. I've done this. I'm, I'm kind of the same way, you know. Like, th- there's stuff I have to read, like I said before. But like, other than that, I go through phases. Uh, what about you? You got anything uh, writing related? That's a no. I'm not a. I mean, I'm not a resolution person. Just as a rule. Okay. Um, but I I do set I guess goals, so to speak, with regard to uh, release. Uh, release timetables and that kind of thing. So 
I'm going to be looking to release a new novel uh, in the spring of, of this year. Okay. And uh, it's, it's the first in a new series. And so I, I am trying to have a, have a better, stronger launch around this than I have with previous books, primarily because I think this one's more accessible is not the right word, but maybe fits in more of a clearly defined genre than other things that I've written. So it'll be easier to market and maybe uh, generate interest. Okay. But, I, you know, I have timetables as far as like when I want it to be released, you know, when I need to try to drum up, you know, advanced readers, that kind of thing. So, you know, I do have goals in that sense, but I'm not under contract. I'm not under the gun by anyone else to get things done. It's just, it's just me. So like, if I, if I don't release when I say I'm going to, no, nobody cares kind of a thing. Right. Right. So are you going to do anything outside the norm to market or anything like that? I've been spending some time on, um, the fantasy subreddit because this new story, as much as I am not a fantasy guy, yeah. um, sort of fits in the fantasy realm of things. So I, I've been hanging out there, um, primarily because I, you know, I'd read this other book from this, this book, so Babel series. And, uh, the author had, me- had mentioned that he had, you know, hung out on the fantasy subreddit quite a bit. Um, I thought maybe that would be a good idea to get a, kind of immersed in that mindset and maybe, um... You, know, you contribute to that community with the hope of maybe someone else kind of, you know, re- returning the favor, so to speak. So I'm going to see if I can get some readers there uh, and generate some interest um, because it's, it should be up their alley, I would think. Cool. D- do you do you spend a lot of time on Reddit? Because Reddit is one of those things that I've never really gotten into. Like I have an account and there's a couple of subreddits I follow, mostly like with like pens and there's a couple of podcasts you know, and stuff like that. The only reason I signed up for it was to get on this fantasy thing. What is it literally just fantasy? Or do you know what the name of it is by any chance? Like, well, there's there's a fantasy subreddit and then there's a fantasy writers, which is actually the one I've spent the greater majority of the time on. So okay, so it's probably just if I just search for fantasy writers. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna check that out too because that's one of those things that I've always like. There's lots of magic and dragons. I'll tell you that. <laughs> but but you know there is some stuff that's not. So okay, I'll check it out. That's fun. Uh, <laughs> another thing to distract me from reading and writing, right? Well, I did it sort of as, as, like I said, an exercise, you know, to try to immerse myself in that world to make sure that I'm not, you know, blatantly ripping somebody off or doing a retread with my story or something like that. So, Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I think I, I forget who I was reading the article about, but there was like some, it was a, like, I'm, I'm into like heavy metal, you know, for those of you who don't know me personally. <laughs> I, I've gained a, an appreciation for... Certain types of metal because of you, I'll say that. <laughs> Hell yeah. But I was reading an article about, it was some band who literally doesn't listen to metal so that he's not influenced by other people. But he but he makes metal music? Yes. Okay, so that's sort of the idea that I had is that I think what you need to do is you need to write pop songs first. So you have a catchy melody and you have like your easy time signature or whatever. Okay. But then you turn it into a metal song. Well, I mean, all and uh, all songs are better that, when are better when they're metal songs. Well, but I would do a. I, that's how that would be if I was a metal artist. That's how I would do it because that way you could still have like your metal chops. You know what I mean? Because you're like playing something really heavy, right? But it's deceptively catchy at the same time, and you'll get people who would maybe otherwise not listen to metal kind of sing along. That's that's that would be my idea. I like it. It's interesting. It's an interesting approach. Yeah. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can dig up that thing, and if I find the link to the the thing, I'll throw it in the show notes because I, I really did. I th- like you know all all of this kind of art and like creation and stuff is like all you know similar. You're going down like a similar path, and I think it's just interesting sure. to to hear people's process. But I was like really interesting because can you imagine like I don't know if I can imagine like I actually can't imagine writing a fantasy type book without having some knowledge of the genre. But see, I, that's largely what I'm doing though. Because I, I have not read much, really, that qualifies as fantasy at all, you know, when compared with other things I've read. So, it was sort of just dip my toe in, see what it's like, and see if, you know, it's also a marketing thing. Like, is what I'm writing going to even appeal to that audience? Sure. You know, that, I mean, that's the risk. Like, you're always going to appeal to somebody and then not appeal to the next guy, you know? somebody's going to look for everybody that likes it. Somebody's not going to, you know, right. And I'm, I'm writing primarily for myself first and foremost. Yeah. Obviously I want it to sell. I want to write to professional standards. Sure. But I'm writing what I want to write at the end of the day. Well, and that's good because I think, I don't know. I personally think that if you're writing for an audience or if you're writing with an agenda, then the agenda takes the focus over right. the story. You end up writing garbage. And then you end up with a shitty story. Whereas just yeah. like most of the stuff, like I've written stories that like actually like had some like kind of like underlying like commentary on modern society or whatever. But really like I didn't start out with that plan. It just kind of evolved as I was writing. Or if I was going to sit there and be like, well, I want to write about this, like, it's probably going to yeah, probably gonna suck. Right. So, all right. Well, you know, uh, I'll keep you updated on, on my resolutions here. And I'm sure that uh, as we get closer to uh, your release, we will talk about that more. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, now, before we get into the stories, there's this one, like, little short thing that I, I just I just kind of found humorous. I found this interesting quote. And... Why I thought it was so interesting is because I think it was on the first or second episode we were talking about how I handwrite all of the first drafts, and I believe you said something along the lines of "that's a gigantic waste of time." Yeah, <laughs> which uh, More or less. which my, which my wife and son found hilarious. Just so you know, um, but I know for a fact that that C.S. Lewis is is one of your one of your favorite authors. Is that is that true? Yeah, yeah, I would say he's up there for sure. So I found this quote from him, and, you know, obviously, like, you know, he didn't have a laptop or anything. But uh, he said, the, and the quote is, don't use a typewriter. The noise will destroy your sense of rhythm, which still needs years of training. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that dude is like, no, screw your stupid typewriter, grab your pen and write some shit down. So I just, yeah. I just thought it was funny, you know. Um, I, I think that um, as I as I come across stuff like this, I'll try to get my little digs in every now and then because I I do right, fair you enough. know it's it's part of my process and it doesn't need to be part of everybody's process, but I th- I think it's I, th- I just thought this was funny because it was C.S. Lewis. All right, so I think that brings us to this month's stories. So I don't know if we necessarily said the prompt yet. No, we didn't. So this month's prompt was well. That's not good. Um, uh, I thought it was well. That can't be good. Uh, be, was it? Like I don't know. I just wrote that down. Yeah, that's fine. It can't be good. Something like that. I, I, I'm going to tell you that. Like mine says that's not good. But you know, I think that it's similar enough where like sure. we're good. So, um, you want to take us away? Yeah, I guess I'll start. All right. Um, this story is called Anti-Heroes 1.0. Um, 
the idea is that this would potentially be an ongoing set of stories within the realm of promptly written. Ooh, I like that. Um, at least the version one, and then if I liked everything enough, maybe I do a novel with two point Um, but we'll see. Well, that's interesting this, because I think people do do that. They'll write a short story, see if people like the characters or whatever, and then just like you know take those characters off and do a full novel. You know, people, like a lot of young filmmakers do that. They make like a short film. You know, get the interest, and then they make the features. So I think that's good. You know, before you start, like I meant to ask you while we were talking about your um, your new novel coming up, would you like consider like maybe introducing the listeners to the characters in the novel through a short story before its release? Yes, I've thought about that. Did I just blow a secret? Do we want to cut that out? Okay. No, 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 not at all. But um, I've thought about that. Yeah. Okay, because I thought that that might be like a little interesting thing to do, where it's just like, hey, it is. If I can get the right prompt and the right idea for a story, I will for sure do that. But the character's so new, and because everything's so new in the book, I'm like introducing that world, so to speak. Yeah. I'd have to have a, a deft way of, you know, introducing him early without kind of ruining the, the intro to the book. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you know, we do control the prompts. If you could think about a prompt that, would, that you could do it, you know, I'll tackle it. All right. Cool. All right. So, sorry. That's all right. Yeah, so this is Antiheroes 1.0. Um, the, the, the viewpoint character here is going to speak with a little bit of a... Well, not a twang, but he's, he's rural. We'll say he's rural. Ah, we're getting an accent. So I, I don't want to do an accent, but I, <laughs> ah. I want to read it f- phonetically, I guess, the way he, he's thinking it, if that makes any so sense. So did you write it out that way? Oh, yeah, it's written with all the terrible spelling and everything. Oh, I love it. Well, not terrible spelling, but like, you know, clipped phrases, maybe, no, you would say. I love that kind of stuff, because I think it really... It'll read better, maybe, than me Oh, I doubt that. I'm ready. <laughs> all right. I've been sitting here for a while, sitting here on this wobbly chair, the one in the corner of the living room where there's only a reading lamp and the blue glow of the TV... Carpet that's never swept and a gouged-in table that's never dusted. Our house. Our ain't a good house, but it's the only house I can remember. Cold in the winter and sweat box hot in the summer. Bucket to catch the leaky ceiling in the kitchen. Cramped, musty bathroom with dingy tile. That lumpy bed I sleep on in the same room as her. Daisy. She's on the floor near the TV, sitting Indian style with her strawberry blonde hair pulled back in a ponytail. Headphones around her neck with the foam covers all chewed up and a black Walkman next to her that's got that Bengals tape in it. She turns to me with that worried look in her eye, her overbiting chap lips and gaping mouth smeared with all that discontent when she hears Pudge starting to pace. We both know what it means, what's in store for her. Pudge has got his nerves about him again, moving from his room to the kitchen and back, always peeking in to see what we're up to before he goes back down the narrow wood-paneled hall. After a while, he'll stop being so shifty-like and sit down on the edge of his bed and call her in. And not in his everyday voice, neither. It's that firm, quiet voice. The one that sounds like it's been raked over the gravel in the drive-out front. Daisy will get up, shoulders slumped over and head down, and mope her way into the bedroom. Then he'll tell her to shut the door in that same voice and there will be all manner of muffled sounds before she finally comes out crying. Then Pudge will call out to me, Hey, Copperhead, why don't you fetch me my cigarettes? That's his nickname for me on account of me being a ginger and all. 
I guess we all got nicknames around here. Pudge ain't Pudge's real name either. It's just what we call him. It fits him better than Roy does. Daisy he calls Sunshine, except when he's through with her. Then he don't want to talk to her for a day. I can see the edge of Pudge's bed from my chair. Just the right angle. Old faded bedspread. Stained. I never knew why he started taking Daisy in there like that. But it's making sense now. I seen it happen too much and I think I got an instinct about it. You just know bad when you see it. I think about that sometimes, how you know bad. You grow up in foster care living with a fellow named Roy and you don't know what normal is. You think you're normal. You think having a sister who ain't really your sister is normal. But then you see all the other kids. Hear their stories, see their life. And then you start to get the doubts. You figure out your parents are dead or didn't want you. Well, that can't be good, you say to yourself but you move on. Then you find out it ain't normal for Pudge to drink wild turkey the way he does or pass out drunk so much. Then maybe he's supposed to be looking out for you better. Or you start to wonder whether being hungry a lot is the way of things. Nah, that ain't normal. Of course, neither am I. Sure, I got the looks of any other skinny kid who needs a haircut. Fourteen and had my teeth kicked in enough times to lose count. But there's something inside me. Something deep. I can't explain it right. It's just this feeling. Like I got some kind of control that nobody else does. Like I can do things nobody else can. First time it happened, I couldn't well believe it. I was making my way through the woods behind the house on my way home when I slipped and fell. My right arm went out trying to break my fall, and my fingers near disappeared, like they was invisible. They swiped right through a sapling, and before I knew it, my fingers were buried in the dirt. I yanked my hand up so fast and my fingers took a minute to look normal again. But they weren't dirty. No mud or blood or nothing, and there wasn't no holes in the dirt. It was like they were ghost fingers. Slide right through anything. So I started practicing. Went out by the wood pile behind the shed and just practiced. Concentrating on controlling this power I got. Been at it for a month now, and I can make my whole hand disappear halfway up my arm. I kept time and I can make it invisible for a couple minutes if I try real hard. But I won't need that long. Just a couple seconds is all. I look up as Pudge comes walking down the hall again. He stops and stands there, his belly hanging out and his wispy hair all greased back as he looks at us. That pig nose and them rubbery lips. He turns and steps into his room, calling out behind him. Come on in here, Daisy. Daisy pulls the headphones off her neck and her eyes glare at me, pleading. She looks at the TV and then back at me like she can't make up her mind about it. Her bottom lip quivers until Pudge calls out again. Then her face goes blank like all the fight in her is gone. She stands and walks around the corner into Pudge's room, closes the door real soft behind her. I thought I had my mind made up about it, but now I ain't so sure. Haven't thought none of the consequences through. Just thought about the next 30 seconds. I get up off my chair and stand in the middle of the room, just waiting. But waiting for what? To hear Daisy crying? To see her tears when she walks back out that door? Nah, I ain't having any more of that. I creep up to Pudge's door real quiet-like, but I guess it don't really matter now how much noise I make. I reach out for the knob. Hand hovers there a second like it knows I'm going to cross the line. Then it obeys and turns it and I bust into that room. Pudge looks up, sitting there next to Daisy on that bed, eyes wide, belt unbuckled and sweat beading on his forehead. Daisy with tears running down her cheeks. What do you think you're doing, boy? Get your ass out of here, Pudge says. I don't say nothing. I just walk up to him and reach out my hand. 
I concentrate real hard and it goes invisible for a second, long enough for me to get my whole fist inside his throat. Then I make it solid again. Balled up, meat and bone solid, while it's still there in his neck. Pudge's eyes bug out and he chokes. Whatever's in there, his windpipe and all that, well, it's gone now. Had to make room for my fist. His skin all swallowed up around my wrist like I'm stuck to him. Then I make my hand go invisible one more time and I pull it out. Pudge's eyes drift back and he slumps over, rolling onto the nappy carpet. He don't move no more. Daisy's all squirmed up on the bed, wide-eyed and mouth hanging open. She stares at me, but she don't say nothing. I reach out to take her hand. He ain't gonna hurt you no more. She looks at my hand like it's a snake, like it's gonna bite her. Lip quivers and another tear. Then real slow, she reaches out and takes it, slides off the bed and hugs me, sobs and then breaks down. I lead her out of the room, away from Pudge in his bed. Come on, it's just you and me now. The end. Wow. I really like this one, man. Uh, I knew you would. Um, I'm going to save my comments because uh, I really like these characters. Like, this is fun. We'll get to it, though. All but, right. Yeah, I really enjoy really I'm happy with it, one. too. Yeah, no. It's, uh, just out of curiosity, do you know what the word count on that was? Uh, about 1,300. Okay. Yeah, I really I really sat down this time to, uh, to write shorter, and uh, I still ended up long. But I think you're going to find that this is a tad different than what I've written on the podcast yeah, pr- so far. Prove it. But it's very much me. All right. Okay. <laughs> I'm ready. So so this, I, I titled The Deal. Um, that might change by the time we publish it. Um, but I didn't want to give anything away before I Got write it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Ron knew before Jack even sat down today that it was bound to be just another one of his harebrained schemes. What he didn't expect was to be dumbfounded after simply hearing the name of the product he came to pitch. He looked over at his best friend of over 20 years, who was wearing his best short-sleeve plaid shirt, which had been graciously paired with a pair of navy cargo pants, and no shit, a clip-on tie. He stuck out like a sore thumb here in corporate America, yet could not wipe the grin off his face. I'm not sure I heard you right, Jack. Could you repeat the name? You heard me right, buddy. I'm here to introduce you to the Butt Bubble. Jack slammed a mason jar filled with brownish-pink, slightly translucent spheres, not much larger than your standard-issue gumball, onto Ron's desk with authority. Ron picked up the jar and shook it a little. Setting it back down, he traded glances between the jar and his friend with subtle hesitation. He silently spun his chair around to stare out into the bustling city below. Snow was lightly falling, but not yet sticking to the pavement. After a moment, he let out an audible sigh and spun back around to face his friend, whose grin remained. Look, man, you know I love and support you, but I think it's safe to say that you've lost your damned mind. We're one of the biggest suppliers of innovative medical supplies in the country. We create products for the country's best hospitals, hell, even for the military. And you come in here with the butt bubble? Jack's face slumped immediately, as if he'd just watched someone kick his puppy. Come on, man, please. I've been working so hard on this, and I really think I've got something here. Jack began pulling papers out of his messenger bag, nearly throwing them at Ron. I have market research, test results, 
Here are the technical drawings that show the evolutionary cycle of the prototypes. It's all here, man. You've got to hear me out. Ron picked up the stack of documents and began to thumb through the drawings. He couldn't help but laugh. (laughs) Dude, these are drawings of underwear. Yep. Jack's smile returned as Ron took a closer look. He squinted as he moved in further. Underwear with a, with a window? You got it. Hmm. Ron flipped deeper into the packet trying to wrap his head around what he was seeing. Replacement film cartridges? What the hell am I even looking at here? You are looking at the future. Jack rose and began to pace back and forth across the cramped office. He stopped and knocked the papers out of Ron's hand to grab his full attention. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where you had to fart, but it would have been deemed inappropriate given the time, place, and those you found in your immediate company? Uh, isn't that pretty much every situation ever? And isn't that sad? Let me ask you something. What is your initial gut reaction when someone rips a nice juicy fart? Ron sat there bewildered, mumbling to himself. Well, uh, I, uh, Jesus, dude. Jack lifted his right leg slightly off the floor and let out such a doozy that you would swear he had just messed himself. Ron couldn't take it and started laughing uncontrollably. As far as pitches go, this was the most unusual yet, and that's saying something when you're dealing with Jack. It took him a second to collect himself. He pulled off his glasses to wipe the tears from his eyes. Jack stared at him completely deadpan with his mind set firmly on the task at hand. So, what was your initial gut reaction? Well, I I guess it was to laugh. Exactly. Farting brings joy. I don't care who you are. Age, gender, religion, sexual preference, none of these things matter. When someone farts, that shit's funny. And what exactly is your point? Jack stopped pacing directly in front of Ron, towering over him. I'm getting there. Trust me. Now... What is the one aspect of a fart that is the ability to suck all that aforementioned joy out of the room? The answer was obvious, and Ron now had to accept that he was in this pitch for the duration, if nothing but for sheer curiosity. Well, I guess that would be the smell. Precisely. Now I want you to sit back, close your eyes, and imagine a world in which anyone could freely crack a rat without ever having to worry about the offending odor. Crack a rat? Yeah, I heard these guys say it on TV once, thought it was funny. Come on, eyes closed. Ron actually closed his eyes for a second before realizing what he was doing. But wait, he now sniffed the air deeply, taking in deep breath after deep breath, even rising from his seat and risking a move into what had to be the fallout zone. Can't smell it, can you? Jack grinned. Ron shook his head in astonishment. No, which is surprising, as I was sure that you'd no doubt have shit running out your pant leg by now. Ron watched in horror as Jack reached down the back of his pants, fumbled around for a second, and produced a sphere. Fuck. God damn it. (laughs) 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 Fuck. All right. I was really trying not to laugh because like it's it's just going to make it worse. All right. Ron watched in horror as Jack reached down the (laughs) back. Fuck. Oh, <laughs> oh man. This, this makes me so happy. Hold on. Ron watched in horror as Jack reached down the back of his pants, fumbled around for a second, and produced a sphere identical to those in the jar that sat on his desk. Is that? Yes, dude. This is my fart. Ron once again resorted to trading puzzled looks between his friend and the bubble before bursting into laughter. 
<laughs> you almost have me, man. To think that someone would be able to harness a technology that could capture the essence of a fart and hold it in a state of perpetuity. Really, man, that was a good one. But seriously, I have other meetings today, so if you don't mind... Jack moved into Ron's personal space, held the bubble up to his nose, and popped it with a firm pinch. It took a second before the smell really hit him, but when it did, it hit hard. Oh, man, that is freaking gnarly. Jack watched with satisfaction as his friend frantically searched his desk drawers for something to mask the stench that was permeating throughout the room. Now, you ready to hear me out? Ron stopped his search as he made eye contact with Jack. It had been a long time since he had seen that level of confidence in his friend. Jack calmly took a seat in the chair facing Ron's desk and crossed his legs while Ron took a seat himself. All right, but I wasn't kidding about those other meetings. We need to be quick. Now tell me more about your bubbles. Jack grinned. Well, what we have here is a revolutionary undergarment that holds the power to save the wearer from what would otherwise be very awkward and uncomfortable social situations. The patent-pending film that fits into the garment's collection window creates a seal with the skin surrounding the sphincter. At the time of emission, the film forms around the gas that is released, creating the quote-unquote bubble. Ron tapped his fingertips together and thought, So once you've captured it, what exactly do you do with this ass bubble? Butt bubble. Right, butt bubble. What do you do with it now that you got it? And furthermore, what's to say that this won't pop in your pants before you have the opportunity to get it out? Jack shifted in his chair, but remained cool and collect. While the shell is semi-flexible, not completely rigid, it is designed to shift and adapt with the movement of your intergluteal cleft until an opportune time to remove it presents itself. Once it's out, you simply throw it in the trash. For now. Ron perked up a bit at this. For now? Well, that's part of the reason that I'm here. I've put most of my personal savings into this project and have come out with a very viable prototype. I need investors to help take the butt bubble to the next level. <laughs> and what, pray tell, is the next level? Jack leaned forward with his eyes wide. An outsider looking in would have thought that he was about to reveal the secret to eternal life. We need to make these babies flushable. As of right now, the formula may be too good. I'm still testing, but I can't seem to get these buggers to break down in water without compromising their overall durability. Testing? Jack rolled his eyes. You don't think that I would come in here and waste your valuable time with something that hasn't been adequately put through the ringer, do you? Ron shook his head but avoided eye contact with Jack. No, of course not. Over the past nine months, I've collected approximately 1,386 rectal emissions and have them separated into three storage systems, water-based, airtight, and open air. To date, I have only lost samples in the most extreme of conditions, which is the other piece of the puzzle that is going to require research funded by outside investors. Ron stood again and returned to the window. The snow had begun to stick and the pavement was now dusted and white. Extreme conditions? Cold. Once the temperature gets close to freezing, the little bastards start popping. Ron chuckled at this. <laughs> that can't be good. I can assure you that this is no laughing matter. I lost my first 350 samples within a matter of hours after my furnace decided to quit on me last winter. In addition to having to start collecting samples again from scratch, I was also in a bit of a pickle with the misses. If you thought that that one fart was bad, I can assure you, 350 of them is something that can't even be put into words. They both got a good laugh out of this and Ron returned to his chair. He pulled his phone closer to him, hit the speakerphone and dialed four digits. A woman's voice answered before the first ring ended. Yes, Mr. Johnson? 
Rita, can you draw up a basic R&D contract for me and set up a meeting with the biomedical engineers, myself, and Mr. Wexley for preliminary discussions regarding a new product? Sure thing, Mr. J. What's the name of the product? The men both smirked at each other. The, uh, the name is yet to be determined. Okay, got it. Anything else? That's it for now. Thanks, Rita. Ron rose, picking up the jar of samples, and made his way over to Jack, extending his hand. I don't mean to kick you out, ma'am, but I have someone coming in in a few minutes to discuss a food additive we've got millions invested in, and I think it may be best if the little ass balls have left the building. But bubbles, said Jack as he accepted the jar, wrapping it in a scarf before putting it back in his messenger. <laughs> right, laughed Ron. Let Rita know your availability, and don't forget to have her validate your parking. All right, sounds good. Thanks a lot, man. Jack was halfway out the door before Ron called him back. Hey, real quick, who do you think the target market is? This is largely pointing toward adults, right? What? Heck no. I want to catch all the farts. Man farts, kid farts, baby farts, lady farts. If you blow them, we'll catch them. Ron's face lit up as a very excited Jack spun on one foot and almost ran directly into Rita, who stood with a look of shock and disgust on her face, her mouth wide open. She raised a green ticket up slowly and handed it to Jack. You're parking, sir. Thanks. Jack took the ticket and marched triumphantly down the hallway towards the elevator, where a beautiful woman stood waiting. He lightly tapped the center of his ass, ensuring that a new film had moved into place. He felt the cool, soft material against his skin and clenched his fists, silently congratulating himself. He always welcomed the opportunity for another real-world test. The end. <laughs> Wow, that you're right. That is, that is totally you. <laughs> but I had to, but nobody died. Right. Well, I was waiting for like him to drop the jar or something. So I will say that originally, um, they were gonna blow up. Like his collection was gonna blow up. But <laughs> right. I just, I just couldn't get there. And I was like, you know what? Like I was like, maybe I don't need to kill anybody. Maybe I could just be like happy and funny. Right. So yep, there you go. That is... Yeah, why... I had a hard time not laughing a couple times. <laughs> well, I, I I was really... Like, I had, I had literally earlier today, because, like, I had the word ass crack in there. And I was like, you know, like, I'll throw in, like, the ass balls or whatever, but I didn't want it to be, like... to Like, I wanted, like, a mix of, like, professionalism and, like, buddies talking. Like, right. like going back and forth. Like, they were going in and out of it. So I actually had to Google today, like, medical terminology for butt crack. I was wondering if you the, made some of that up or if that was legit. No, that the inner gluteal cleft right, is yeah. definitely, <laughs> definitely. That, that's got to go in the show notes, by the way. That, that's what I, oh, the inner gluteal cleft? Yes. Okay, I will uh, put a link to the definition of inner gluteal cleft. Yeah, I was, I was really happy with that because I was like, damn, that's almost even funnier than ass crack. <laughs> it sounds made up, actually. <laughs> inner death well i had always heard the word like i think it was anal cleft because i think that was like a band i wanted to start once like it was like a death metal thing because <laughs> there's a there's another band that starts with anal and i'll just i'll keep that yeah, you know I what know the name is one. and i'm i'm gonna leave it alone because my kids listen to this but like anal cleft is like the very top of the butt crack okay and like i almost typed anal cleft and i was like you know what i don't think that's gonna be right because like so yep now we're educate we're 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 educating people. Yeah, yeah. The medical terminology for butt crack is intragluteal cleft. You heard it here Murdered. first. Folks. So I don't know. What do you want to do? Do you want to talk about the butt bubbles, or yeah. do you want to go yeah, the, back well, to? Okay. <clears throat> let's continue the levity. Okay. 
So, um, I don't know. What do you got for me? I, well, I thought your <laughs> your dialogue was done really well. Like the back and forth, it seemed to have a really natural flow. Thank you. Um, a lot of a lot of people have difficulty with dialogue. Um, it sounds very stiff and formal, and they have a, a bad habit of using. I think maybe you did it once, but it was in the very beginning where they used the other character's name in the dialogue. Like if we were sitting here and I'd be like, hey, Matt, do you remember when we did this? But Matt, yeah, it'd be blah, weird. blah, blah. It's like, well, you don't talk that way in real life. Right. Unless you're like exasperated with somebody or trying to get their attention. You'd be like, Matt, what are you thinking? You know what I mean? Kind of thing. But Right. So you're, 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 I thought your dialogue sounded really good. Well, I appreciate that. I, that that's my Dialogue's my favorite thing to write. And this one, like, honestly, was pretty easy. Because, like, I, you know, this was this was an actual idea that I had. I was like, what if we could capture a fart? It totally like, sounds like your, your kind of so, idea. So it was just like, that was just me talking about my idea with another guy. So, like, the, the dialogue was super easy. What I was, what I was worried about when I was writing it is that I was worried it was going to be too much dialogue. So I actually felt like I wrote this almost like a screenplay. Because, like, you just have the character... I mean, there's not a lot for the characters to do when they're just sitting in an office, like, at a desk. So, like, they can stand up or pace or do something. But it's, like, you want to keep them, like, doing something. But it's also, like, what would they really be doing? I mean, the guy just, like, farted into a bubble. Yeah, you you run the (laughs) risk of what's called talking heads, which drives me nuts normally, where it's just literally two people talking back and forth with no body language and, and nothing else. And I think you interjected enough body language and other things going on to, to to stop that from being an issue. But I also think, again, in your case, the dialogue was interesting enough that you didn't run into to that scenario. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, I was I was I was a little worried about that when I was doing it. I was like, man, there's just a lot of dialogue on the page here. But um, I don't know. I had, <laughs> I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely a change of pace from what we've what we've seen from you so far. <laughs> And I, I got to ask a question. Like, if there's any scientists out there, like, I feel like this is doable. I, I would almost think, like, you, it would be uh, built into your your undergarment, we'll say. Yeah. It would be, like, yeah. uh, the fabric that it's made out of or something. Well, I mean, you know, like, you could... They have, like, ant- antimicrobial type, like, sure. clothes for athletic type things and whatnot. But. I mean... What you could probably do, too, which would make it a whole lot easier, is probably just, like, have a little pocket in, like, the ass part of your underwear, where you could, like, stuff a dryer sheet. <laughs> you know what? If you want to start the trial runs on this, be my guest, but I'll, I'll just, uh, I'll check in later. <laughs> I mean, I think that, like, walking around all day with a dryer sheet rubbing against your skin would be a bad idea, but, I mean, if there was, like, a little pocket and you just had that, like, little filter... I mean, you'd still smell it, but it'd be way better. Let's see, but like, I don't know. It might be worse if it's like a mix of fart and flowers. Like if you get like the spring day or whatever, <laughs> yeah, but I, you I can still smell the fart. Like you might just want to smell just pure fart. Yeah, I don't know, man. A- again, feel free to feel free to <laughs> test. <laughs> oh man, I uh, I had a real hard time reading. I don't know how much of it's going to be in there. In the final I, edit, like but said, I had a, I had a hard t- time not laughing a couple, uh, in a couple. A real hard, a hard time reading when he was reaching into his pants to pull out the bubble. <laughs> like it was, it was rough. Like when I was writing it, I didn't laugh that much, but man, that was hard to read. Well, I think you've got a whole another story, maybe with 
like what happens to these bubbles, you know, like bubble, oh, I think, bubbles yeah, gone I think we wrong could. kind of a thing. And, and I think that... Could they be weaponized maybe and, and misused? I, th- I think he has more ideas. I had fun with this one. It was it was interesting not killing anybody. Like I was really trying to to figure out a way to do something messed up, and you know, like I just I wasn't coming up with anything. And then, like I was literally talking to my buddy about these bub bubbles, and I was like, oh, well, why don't I just do that? Yeah. So it's written. There you go. <laughs> written. So there you have it. So do you want to go? Let's go back to um, Antiheroes 1.0. So. I loved all these characters and I loved the way that you wrote like his thoughts like because he was like thinking yeah internal monologue sure right so um that to me that's the funnest stuff to write first person internal monologue if you really can try to think the way that character would think kind of yeah, kind of getting was, inside their head he was thinking in his voice right. and this 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 goes off to the thing but I actually was listening to another podcast the other day and it was like somebody who was a native Spanish speaker who moved here and she made the statement that um she speaks Spanish but she no longer thinks in Spanish mm-hmm. and I was really intrigued by that because I never really thought about that because you know I think in English sure. So it would be weird to like move to another country where you speak a different language and then think in a different language. And I, I thought that might be like a little interesting, like internal uh, conflict that could be could be used in the future. I'll probably cut that out, too. But I felt like we were just like he was telling us like we were like we were listening to the way he thought. Mm-hmm. Like it just it seemed very real. And then I got to tell you, like. I was a little surprised when you got. um it, it was Pudge, right? Pudge, yeah. Pudge take Pudge taking Daisy into the room to uh, quote unquote, or he, you said something when he was like through with her, and I was like, oh, oh shit. Yeah, like, that, I, I'm gonna leave that to the reader's imagination. I don't like to get into to those kind of details, um, but it, you know, you can you can think what you want. Nothing good was happening. We'll say that. No, yeah, I thought it was implied, and I was like, wow, that's a little darker than I would expect for you. And then I was like, where is this gonna go? And then we have ghost fingers. And I was like, well, that came out of nowhere. But then he, like when he starts like, and it like came out of nowhere, like in a real good way. Like it was like, oh, well, this guy just got like super interesting. And it was something he just stumbled upon. So like that was like when he fell in the woods, that was the first time that he discovered that he had this power. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I absolutely love that the fact of like, because I mean, how, how, do, did we get an age? On him? No, but I'm thinking he's probably 15 or 16 at this point. Maybe a little younger, but he's older than Daisy a little bit by a little bit. But she's not, she's probably 12 or 13, I'm thinking. Okay. In my head. So, so we have a kid who just discovered that he has like essentially like a magical power. He has a superpower. You know, right. And his first instinct, like the first thing that he decides to do is help Daisy. Right. Which I think speaks a lot to his character. So, like, I think, I, I just love the way that these characters came together. And then, man, you, I think, like, we, well, we didn't switch roles because, like, you wouldn't write about butt bubbles. <laughs> no, but, like, <laughs> you you really, like, took the dark thing because, like, you did, like, like, invisible fist into the throat, all of his, and I'm assuming Pudge is dead. Is that, oh, is yeah. that an assumption? <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. he's okay. dead. I wasn't sure if maybe he like no. passed out, but yeah, no. like he's dead. I mean, basically, he he this this kid has the ability to alter the matter in his body, basically, and and 
essentially, you know, I, I didn't spell it out here because he, he's not thinking on a, a scientific level, so to speak, sure. you know, but I mean, he's basically able to, in a sense, alter his matter and, and, you know, change the, 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 the substance of it or, or something or, or weave it in between the molecular structure of other, th- other things somehow. And then, you know, realign and, and, and kind of have it all come together again at, at will. And at this point, mm-hmm. his, his superpower is, is very much um, in its infancy and he, he can't control it that well. Um, but this is essentially like a, you know, if you will, a superhero origin story. Sure. Um, you know, I, I have ideas for a couple of characters and I, w- I was going to start off with a different character, but he's, I fear, going to be maybe a little controversial due to his origin. So before right. we, before hey. maybe we lose some of our listeners, I'm going to hang on to him for a little bit and think about, think about it a little bit more. But I, you know, it's one of those things where it's just like, you know. Uh, I'm down. You know, I'm down. With oh, the, I know. I'm not gonna, stuff. I'm, right. And it's just like, I, like, I don't want to be in a position ever where either of us are like holding back. So I say like, freaking go for it. He'll show up at some point, but I, I need to, I need to f- f- more fully flesh out like his, his whole concept, I guess. But yeah, that's fair. The last thing I've written down here is like, I, I also really like the fact that she hesitated. Like she was scared of the oh, sure. of his hand, you know, and which is it's it's just like all of this felt really real, even though like you know nobody has the power to turn like their themselves invisible, right? So yeah, so it's not it's not even that he's becoming invisible to him. That's how it is, but it, he's really affecting his. He's just changing the state his, of his his, his matter, basically, essentially, because so, he basically was able to insert his hand into Pudge's neck. You know, and then, not not and then invisibly. It, like his hand had not really done any damage till he made it solid again, kind of a thing. Right, right. Loved it. Yeah, loved it. I wasn't sure if he was going to go after another appendage or not, but like the throat was good. Yeah, I mean, th- this is so. This is the, the 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 whole idea is is to have some of these sort of antihero characters who are going to go out and do things that maybe either you wish someone would do, but you can't, or maybe. You know, sort of like the movie Falling Down. Um, <laughs> yep. Uh, or or uh, like maybe even things that you're like, wow, like I see why this character did that. I don't agree with it. But right. he's kind of operating under his own sort of code because cause of who he is. So this is just the beginning for for Copperhead is would be his, you know, if he had a comic book, I guess that would be his name. It's his nickname now, but okay. we'll... If you see him in the future, maybe you'll get more of an idea of where that comes from. Well, I I really do hope we get to see we get to see him in the future because I you know the last thing I was going to say is well this says anti heroes and so far only one hero so like do you, like this I don't want I don't want to like give any spoilers but is Daisy going to have a power or is she going to be like the uh, at this point I did not plan on her. Um, being along for much more of the ride per se, maybe one or two stories, oh. maybe I, I don't, okay. I don't know. Um, but she, no, she was not going to have a power. Okay, good deal. Well, I uh, I look forward to seeing them again in the future, and hopefully our uh, our prompts will allow that. Yeah, to it's not going to be like a serial thing, you know. Don't expect it next month, but at some point when it's right, bring them back. Sweet. All right. Well, I think that that takes us to the end today, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think we're good. 
All right, so let's see. We got a bunch of information for you here. So, like we said in the beginning, like we really want you, the listeners, to be submitting the prompts and voting on the prompts and giving us stuff to write about. So, uh, the best way to do that is to go to the Facebook group, which is facebook.com/group/pwrittenpod, and we'll put a poll up in there where you can submit a prompt, vote on prompts, or whatever. If you don't have Facebook, uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at, at pwrittenpod. If you don't have Twitter, uh, just head over to our website, which is promptlywrittenpodcast.com. And uh, right on that page, there's a little contact form. You could just put in the subject prompt, um, and we'll throw it in the poll, and we'll get people voting. And, uh, you know, that's essentially what we want to do. We want you guys to dictate the stories. Um, if you don't want to, we'll keep coming up with stuff. I, I want to get antiheroes in. We want to make sure I, – I would I would be interested to, to see Ian – uh, introduce his new characters to us before his his novel comes out this spring. So, um, you know, we'll keep coming up with content, but we want you to do that too. Um, Ian, what's the best place to, to find stuff about you? Uh, com. Okay, so go to com, and that's going to give them links to, like, your Amazon page. and uh, Links to all the books, links to Facebook, Goodreads, and also the uh, mailing list sign-up. Where, where if you sign up, you'll stay abreast of all the new releases and that kind of thing. Fantastic. For me, uh, you can go to mattshigarek.com or at mattshigarek on Twitter or Instagram. You know, I didn't put Instagram in here, but that's also one of my things. Like, I'm a photographer by day, and I do not do enough personal photography work, so I want to kind of get into Instagram a little more. So come follow me there, and then if you don't see me posting, like, I don't know, bug me or something and make me do stuff because I really want to do that too. Uh, let's see. Episode five will drop on February 4th and the prompt we, you know what? We didn't get a prompt voted on by you guys this, this month. So I think what we're going to do is I just threw treasure hunt out there. Um, we could take that however we want as long as your character's looking for something. How's that sound? That works for me. And all right, before we go, uh, the last thing I want to tell you is if you like what you hear, I want you to go and leave a review on Apple Podcasts so we can help get the word out about this thing so uh, we can get uh, a bigger community growing around this thing. Um, That's all I got. You got anything else? No, thanks for listening. All right, man. We'll see you next month. All right.